Welcome to Weird Wednesday with your host, Mike Gagne. Hello, everybody. This is author and host Mike Gagne for the podcast. And with me today... Alyssa Martin, Mystic Coach. Mystic Coach. All right. So um, before we get into the main subject then, uh, which is going to be Indigo Children, and for those of you who don't know what that is, we'll get to that in a moment. Can you explain to me um, what, what is a Mystic Coach for those who don't know? Yeah, so there are many life coaches out there, and you know, some will help people specialize in their in uh, getting their business off the ground. Some are helping people with their relationships. There's relationship coaches, and there's people that you know want to lose weight. So there's coaches for that. I differentiate myself bec- uh, as a mystic coach because I am interested in metaphysics. I'm interested in the mystical side of life, and I want to connect you with your inner voice, with your intuition, because I don't want to tell you what to do. I think you know what to do, and we're going to draw it out of you. A lot of people are disconnected from their intuition because they were told either you know, through society or their parents, oh, no, 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 you don't feel that way, or that's not okay to feel that way or mm-hmm. think that way. And so it's time in their life when they reach out to me to say, you know, they're, they're feeling something that they want to understand better, you know, and, um, they've been, uh, you know, feeling uncomfortable. And so when they come to me, a lot of times it's because anxiety, um, and we'll just, you know, really get into the language of emotion and really accepting, accepting who you are and, and what's coming through you. So that's kind of, but, and you know what, when we do that, when we work on that, and you can label that as loving yourself, Mm -hmm. sometimes loving yourself, people are like, what's that really mean? But to me, that means allowing all your emotions, not criticizing Mm -hmm. yourself and all these things. And when you start to do that, guess what? You do lose the weight. You do get the relationships, you know, that improve Mm -hmm. and you do manifest stuff in your business world. So I really like to, to work on the inner person. Okay. All right. So, um, you you said that a lot of times people come to you when they're experiencing anxiety. Can you expand on that a little bit more? So, what kind of like what is what are the issues or the triggers for the anxiety that people come to you for, and and how does how is the anxiety related to the meta, metaphysics? Well, we are vibrational creatures and vibration is related to our emotions and you know that because when you walk into a room you know even the person that doesn't even think they're intuitive they just they don't consider themselves intuitive they can walk into a room and they can kind of feel the energy and they might be like oh this is not for me or oh i'm having fun here let's stay and so even that it's a subtle thing but when you when you start to tune into your emotions, you realize that you're having a thought and that thought triggers an emotion and it creates changes within your body. It creates chemicals within your body and it creates a vibration that goes out to the universe. And a lot of times the anxiety is a critical thought within. And again, we, we pick this up from maybe our parents. Maybe our parents were the ones that were just uncomfortable with who we were. You know, no fault of theirs. Everybody's doing the best they can. But maybe they just didn't 
nurture us and say, oh, that's <laughs> wonderful. Oh, it's so great that you drew that crazy, scary picture you yeah. know? <laughs> or whatever it is. And they're not nurturing us. And so we grow up thinking, I'm wrong, I'm wrong, I'm wrong. You know, and when we have so much criticism, we're constantly second guessing what naturally comes up with us. Mm -hmm. We start to filter everything through this lens of what I should mm -hmm. be thinking, what I should be doing. And that is depressing and that causes anxiety. And I think a lot of people who deal with those issues or maybe who, who don't like uh, I know I, I have an anxiety issue. Um, and so I think a lot of people with anxiety or depression can relate to what you just said about that self-doubt caused by filtering your thoughts through what you should do instead of what you actually feel. Um, and I think that maybe that's a very common experience for a lot of people, whether they actually have an anxiety or depression disorder or not. Um, and I, th I personally, and I don't know, maybe let me know if you agree with this. I feel like with with the rise of social media, people are more self-conscious than before because we're sharing so much information with you know hundreds or thousands of people at a time. Um, and, and so it, it's almost like you've always got somebody kind of analyzing and scrutinizing the events of your life. Yeah, you know, that it, it is an interesting phenomenon. I mean, I can see it in my nieces, mm -hmm. you know, and I can see them going through those challenging teenage years where I turned to my journal and I turned to my close inner friends. Mm -hmm. I see them putting thoughts out there that I'm like, whoa, yeah. you know, and then, of course, people are chiming in, even family members saying, mm -hmm. don't post that and you shouldn't be posting that. And it's just like, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So it it is quite a risk that. They, and they don't see it as quite a risk, but Cause, you know. Yeah, because it's it's the norm for them. That's the world they've lived in. They, right. I mean, nobody, nobody, nobody uses diaries anymore. Everyone, you know, <laughs> posts it on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram, and and it's it's a good thing to record or vent those feelings. But I think we've lost sight of the fact that you don't need to share everything. And more and more recently, I've been, you know, I've been more aware about you know how much information are we sharing online and is that really a, a always the safest thing to do i don't think you should live in fear but i don't think you should you know give out all the information of your friends family children and your schedule for any random person to view either yeah i agree i've been cautious in that when, what i see with with the nieces uh my nieces is that when they put out something they are passionate about it so maybe they are keeping a journal or maybe they are talking to like yeah. their close friends about it but when they post something yeah they are like i'm mad at blah 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 yeah. <laughs> it's because they're so passionate about yeah. it and it's so it's it's like really brings me back to my childhood when i saw things going on with animals or something i'm mm -hmm. like how dare society do that like you're coming to terms with the fact that there's things out there I don't agree with, right? Yeah. And you're, you're trying to process it. So, like, I kudos to them for trying to process it. But then, wow, yeah, you're right. It's, it's a world I didn't live in at, at 15. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So that's that's some very interesting subject matter, and I'm sure that we could continue to extrapolate <laughs> on that all day. Um, but what we've discussed previously and what we've discussed before is the fact that you um, have a specialty in – uh, analyzing or, or helping to counsel or coach people who 
may fall into the spectrum of what's called indigo children. Uh, so for those who are not familiar with the term, can you explain to me what an indigo child is? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I'm going to explain it from my experience. Okay. And when I say I specialize in it, it's because I believe I'm indigo and I've been, mm -hmm. I've lived, you know, I'm almost 46 years old. I've lived through the experience mm -hmm. and I've had um, sessions with people that I believe are indigo and we were able to make progress. Mm -hmm. So that's, you know, there's, there's no class I took about indigo, you know, I yeah. have my life coaching certification. I'm a workshop instructor certified, but so what indigo is to me is that, you know, we are all born with a, a tap into our intuition. You know, mm. a lot of times people think, Oh, well, you know, that's for the psychics or the healers or, or something like that. But what I began to, to understand about myself, especially when I took Reiki, mm -hmm. um, I started to realize, wow, we all have this innate ability to heal ourselves. Mm -hmm. And we have a tap into this, this something else, whatever you want to call that something else. And, um, and it, it's an energy stream. And... It, it feels like love because it's positive. It's mm -hmm. a positive energy stream. Well, what I believe about the indigo children and adults is that these are people that came in already with an extra scoop of, of that connection. Now, they may have uh, put up a boundary around it because... For whatever reason, again, some people are told it's wrong or it's not safe to feel. It. But also, they have an extra feel, an extra scoop of feeling their of emotion. And the mm -hmm. way that I say that is, you know, I I didn't understand what was wrong with me growing up, and my friends told me things like, "You think too much," mm -hmm. and I thought, "Well, why don't you think this much? Like, why don't mm -hmm. you care so much?" Why are you just, you know, going through the motions? Mm -hmm. Because I can't, I'm having trouble doing that. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. they're not questioning anything. And I was born questioning. I mean, yeah. I remember like asking my dad things when I was very little. So it's that type of person that came in already kind of like clued into uh, something more. Mm -hmm. I'll just say that, you know, and don't, you know. There's many ways to describe that something more. Some people mm -hmm. want to put a name on it. You know, I, I prefer to think of it as a as an an energy stream, something. Mm -hmm. I, and I also call it the the you above you. Okay. Some people call it like the higher self. But yeah. Then I don't want you to think that you're the lower self. <laughs> yeah, that that's reasonable. That makes sense. Yeah, we're just a different a different. So so the idea is that we are. We are not just these human bodies. We are spiritual beings in a physical body, but our our spiritual quote quote unquote that energy field that we carry goes way beyond our body, and it has an intelligence, you know okay. that that we can tap into. Very cool. Now, when you said that um, people have sometimes indigo children have more sensitivity or feeling we're talking about things like empathy absolutely okay and what do you mean by uh them creating barriers you know if someone has this gift but then creating barriers around it um 
can you explain that a little bit more? Yeah. So the folks I've talked to uh, and myself, you know, we again, you walk into a room and you can feel everything. You can almost hear what people are thinking, mm-hmm. but, you know, not in words, but in feeling. You feel what they feel and you feel it in your body. So it can be overwhelming and the and this is very basic. Like, I didn't have the experience where I saw, you know, um, beings or I didn't have that type of thing where all of a sudden, you know, I knew someone was going to break their arm and the next day they broke it. Like, that wasn't me. Mm-hmm. I had a very empathic, ex- you know, experience. So I could okay. feel everybody's feelings in my family. And, it, you know, the barrier that, in my case, I put up was, you know, I was raised in a religion <clears throat> that conveniently said that, you know, those type of things don't happen. They're, mm-hmm. that they're gifts that, you know, were back in the day, like the Jesus and the apostle days. And, you know, those things don't happen anymore. So I was like, okay, this mm-hmm. isn't happening. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what the ex- explanation is for why I feel so much. I just must mm-hmm. be too sensitive, you know, and that word mm-hmm. too, too is a judgment, mm-hmm. you know, that we put on. But, you know, other people may... Um, you know, just again, ha- they find a way to shut it off. Um, they may, even their parents may medicate them mm-hmm. because they're just, you know, they're unable. Some people have it so much that they're unable to function and play by the, the quote unquote normal rules and go to school and, you know, do your homework. It's just mm-hmm. like, what? What's that? That's like not for me. You know, so. I was very much like that when I was in school. It's it's very ironic. I never I never in my life thought I would end up being a teacher later. Um, I hated being a student. I'm I enjoy being a teacher, but I hate being a student. And uh, yeah, no, I uh, I mean, and you could chalk that up to you know adolescence and the, the you know the arrogance of sure. youth or something. But yeah, I uh, I I definitely. <laughs> I definitely tuned out for most of my uh, school career. <laughs> and how did you handle, if you don't mind me asking, so how did you handle um, having that extra scoop of stuff? Um, I think, yeah, it's, it's, it's funny. I've not ever fully embraced the idea of myself being an indigo child, however I've read about it i've heard about it there's a lot of it that resonates with me so um how i handled it probably not very well uh, <laughs> um, i i was kind of always a little bit high strung and emotional and you know now that i'm an adult i can look at it objectively and see you know like when i was a kid oh my god um you know uh always always you know i had a tendency to overreact i'd get carried away with you know feelings of uh anger or resentment or just sometimes even excitement and then you know i would get carried away um you know and and there's times in my life where i've made choices to self-medicate in a negative way uh uh, people who are close to me know that i don't really drink anymore because i used to drink a lot um so Mm -hmm. again that's an example of what not to do um (laughs) to cope with it but yeah you know i you know i would scream and fight and cry and um you know when when older siblings 
and and family members didn't want to hang out or play games with when I was young, I would you know have a complete meltdown. Um, and I would say some very troubling things that I really you know I don't even know where it came from or how I would have even understood the concept. Like you know I'm like you know, a three year old breaking down, bawling, saying that. I want to kill myself because my sister doesn't want to, you know, play games with me. It's, wow. you know, so I was like, yeah, uh, I, I had, I had some emotional issues, let's say. So I don't, I don't envy my parents or family for that. And thankfully, um, you know, we all get along and have a much healthier emotional relationship now. Well, and that's awesome, and I think that that is one of the key things because of the young people that are going through this and having trouble. Like the, again, they, you know, I'm talking to people who are noticing something different about themselves, mm-hmm. and they want to understand it better. And to have your story that you just shared, and, and you just have such a joyful persona anyway. It's so important for people to understand. Yes, there's an adjustment period. Yes, you're uncomfortable. But look at what you can create. Once you start to really go, you know what? This stuff that's different about me is freaking cool. Mm -hmm. You know, and I'm glad that I don't fit in. Yeah, it's uncomfortable sometimes, but I'm going to find my tribe. Mm -hmm. I'm going to draw the, even if it's one best friend or something, Mm -hmm. I'm going to find it and I'm going to create it. And I can have a joyful existence here on this crazy planet. Yeah. And that's that's something that I very much identify with is I I have never cared whether I fit in or not and that has worked to my benefit at times and to my mm. detriment at other times when I was when I was in school I I I will actually shrink away from from cliques or cliques depending on how you want to pronounce it <laughs> um, but yeah no I'm not. I'm not very interested in any kind of, uh, you know, self-segregated group or elitism or, or clubs or anything like that. I'm, that doesn't resonate with me in any way. So, you know, there was a lot of times, there was years, uh, you know, when I was in high school, especially early high school, where I didn't fit in and, you know, was looked at as weird and I didn't care and I never have. I, <laughs> and I used to care more about people's opinions of me, like even general strangers, and uh, you know it can be hard. Like we mentioned, you know, modern modern technology and social media. Um, when I was younger, going back, oh, I don't know, maybe ten years ago now, maybe more than that actually. I'm old. Um, <laughs> anyway, um, so I used to have a publishing company. Um, and I got into it because I enjoyed what I was doing and I started self-publishing and then wanting to help other people publish their work. And, uh, around shortly before I got out of it, because I got to the point where I had realized that, you know what, I'm not enjoying this anymore. I'm too busy publishing other people's work. I haven't done any of my own creative stuff for a couple years. So it was time to kind of get out. And just, just before that happened, I had someone, um, create and post uh, a a false article claiming I had stolen somebody's intellectual property and I was illegally selling it. And it was, it was totally fabricated. Um, And to this day, I still believe it was just because that artist that was claiming that their, that I had stolen their work was looking for attention um, for their work. 
And so, of course, people hear, well, a publisher stole an artist's work and they jump on the bandwagon. And I had people who were even friends of mine that I had worked with, you know, posting negative things about me online. And, and so it just kind of ballooned. And it, it bothered me for years. And it really did affect me. But it also helped me develop a much thicker skin uh, creatively. Because personally, I never really cared if I fit in or what people thought of me. But publicly and creatively, um, you know, I was still looking for acceptance at that time. I was looking for, you know, outside acceptance and, and validation from others. And so when suddenly I had strangers and friends and acquaintances, you know, accusing me of horrible things or somebody accusing me of horrible things and people just believing it without even, you know, taking time to, f- to find out if it was true or ask me about it, I was, I was, you know, for lack of a better term, emotionally destroyed uh and it really affected my interactions and my ability to trust people for a long time um but luckily it is something that i did move past and and no longer bothers me and in the same situation now i probably i wouldn't devote any energy to it at all um that's amazing but at the time yeah at the time it did affect me quite a lot and kind of had me um definitely soured my taste for the business end of things um which you know as as an author you have to deal with on some level or another but i definitely you know i don't deal with uh as much as i did when i owned a publishing company and i had to worry about you know getting books shipped and distributed and royalties and all that um and you know i'm much happier (laughs) much happier um i went straight back into freelance writing as soon as i sold the business and never regretted it so um you know it it ended up working out for the best but there was a very emotional you know emotionally traumatic time before that well i can tell my like when you just you know and like for those listening talking in terms of vibration emotion and energy i can feel the joy when you talk you know and sometimes we can say, oh, well, you know, he's even laughing while he's talking sometimes. But, you know, that that's not, like, people laugh when they tell me horrible things sometimes because they're uncomfortable. So it's not always the laughter. It's the energy behind. Mm-hmm. And you'll find that when you're talking to someone, sometimes they'll say, oh, I didn't say that. And you're, and you're as an empath, mm-hmm. as an indigo, you're like, yeah, your words didn't say that Mm. but i felt you say that yeah there's that i you know and and you have to get really strong Mm -hmm. as an empath as a as a as a human as Mm -hmm. in this experience this human experience you have to get really strong about saying to that person i felt you yeah don't try to twist words i don't care Mm -hmm. what the words were Mm -hmm. i felt your your response like, yeah. So don't, you know, yeah. and, you, and, you know, that's something that I've definitely learned is just say, you know, don't mince words. Don't even mm-hmm. spend time. It's, it's not the words. It's what mm-hmm. they're projecting and you're feeling it. You're seeing right through it. You know what's even more frustrating? When someone says, I never said that, and they actually did. <laughs> and in my head, I want to say, you're full of shit. But I don't. Because, I'm like, <laughs> because it's not worth my time to argue it's about it. So I'll just be like, okay. Whatever. This is obviously so, not worth my energy. Well, you bring up a couple of good tactics that, that came yeah. to mind while you were telling your story about your business. And one of them is 
and this is whether you're out there in social media or whether you're just talking about, you know, your personal life, is that are you going to fear your critics or are you going to feed your fans? Yeah. And so, I mean, that, you don't need to explain that. That is what it is. And then something that you can do is also calling your energy back. I love this, where you're, you're sitting there in that situation, you know, maybe you did read some cyberbullying or trolling or whatever it is, and you, you know, something happened in your family, and you just go, this isn't mine. Mm-hmm. This isn't mine. As an empath, I want to feel what I feel, and mm-hmm. I don't want to feel what they're feeling. So you just take a nice deep breath, and you go, okay, I'm giving you back your energy, and mm-hmm. I'm taking back mine. <sighs> and you can yeah. kind of feel it, like, in within you, probably in your solar, for me, in my solar plexus, which is, like, the belly area, mm-hmm. and it just releases, it, you know, before it was, like, tight with, uh, yeah, and then just can release. So that's a tactic people yeah. can use. And that's, yeah, I mean, I think that's a tactic, whether someone believes in, in anything spiritual or indigo children or anything like that, uh, it's just a good tactic for, you know, not spending your life being anger and bitter and obsessing, I think it would be, uh, it would just be to let the, you know, let certain things go and kind of get back to your own, you know, positive mental space. Um, so we've discussed before about, you said like the, you know, uh, not feeding the negativity. Um, and so I'm wondering if we could delve into that a little bit. Um, the example that I used when I spoke to you was that, um, I find a lot of, a lot of younger kids growing up now, a lot of my younger students, uh, college age and younger, they tend to bond over the things they hate. They find a, an actor or a movie or a, a book or something that people are bad-mousing, and then they join in, and it becomes this thing where that's how they fit in. It's socially acceptable. And in many cases, they may never have even seen that movie or read that book, but they're going to talk bad about it because it's a way of fitting in with a peer group. And that's something that concerns me, and I always you know, tell my students, you know, even if even if you have seen that movie or read that book and you didn't like it, it doesn't mean that it's wrong. It doesn't make you bad or vice versa. It doesn't mean it's bad or make you wrong. It just means it's not for you, and that's okay. You don't have to like everything, and not everything is made for you. Uh, and that's what I usually tell you know graphic novelists and writers is is not to worry about the people that aren't interested or don't get what you're trying to say. What you want to do is focus your energy on the people that do get what you're trying to say and and worry about that. Um, so I was wondering if you could expand on that a little bit more because I'm trying to remember everything we discussed in our previous conversation. But Yeah, I love that subject because mm-hmm. to me, um, you know, you may read a book or you may hear advice that says, you know, don't feed the negativity and negativity looks like be rating something or mm-hmm. and and what what I want to what I want to get people used to is talking in terms of energy vibration which is really the language of emotion okay mm-hmm. so what that looks like is if you and I are sitting and we're talking about our friend and we're just mm-hmm. like you know did you see what she did? And like, you can feel within you your intention. Mm-hmm. And if, if you feel within you that it's like, you know, Mike, I'm concerned. Like, what can we do? You know, you can feel that 
you can feel that, and that looks a lot different than trying to make her wrong, trying to mm-hmm. make her judgment. So, and and I feel like that's the same way with because um, they things hold a charge, emotions hold mm-hmm. a charge, and if you and I are together and we're having that discussion. And I almost get, ex- like, say it is that judgmental type of thing. Mm-hmm. We can get a charge because mm-hmm. you and I delivering the same. So those people that are, like, sitting together and all saying how bad of an actor mm-hmm. so-and-so is. I think <laughs> we used an example before, Keanu Reeves, because it's yeah. one of those people that people just like to crap on. And yeah. I'm like, he was in Bill and Ted, you know? He was in The Matrix. I like The Matrix. John Wick kicks ass. It's so true. You know, <laughs> I even I even remember what successful somehow yeah. he's making millions yeah. on his beer. <laughs> One of the first um movie dates I ever went on, on my own and I am ashamed to say I don't remember who it was with. Uh Uh-oh. was um the movie The Watcher where he was the bad guy. He was like a, a serial killer or something. So that's going back like that <laughs> that's it's going back a fair I piece. <laughs> but um yeah, I uh so I don't know. I I've always been one of those people I believe that people don't deserve to be ridiculed for putting something artistic out in the world. Um whether you like it even if you disagree with it. Um it, it's really simple to say, you know, that's not for me and that's fine. And like I said, it doesn't mean you have to destroy that thing that you don't like. It you don't have I see people devote so much energy just to try and convince everyone else that something else is horrible and I I I don't understand expending the energy on that. Yeah, and it's a lot of times it's it's identity. So mm-hmm. when I was younger, um, you know, it was like I like Cindy Lauper, and I thought Madonna was so uncreative, and you know, and all these things. Mm-hmm. You know, look at what the test of time has showed. But mm-hmm. back then, it was to me, I had to be against one to be for the other, and. Mm-hmm. I think it was just me trying to find my identity and what I stood for. Like, you know, celebrities and bands, especially music to mm-hmm. me, was, was how I defined myself. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember, you know, my brother was a big musical influence on me. And mm-hmm. so many years later, you know, where I'm probably in my 30s now at the time, and mm-hmm. we were having a great night together, probably at some bar drinking or something. And I said, Nickelback came on, and mm-hmm. I was like, "Ew, I hate Nickelback." Mm-hmm. And, and he and I and I said, "You you like them?" And he looked at me and he said, "They're in the rock and roll army," and mm-hmm. um, I I respect anyone that's part of that. Mm-hmm. And I said to myself, "Oh my gosh, I feel like such an a hole because <laughs> he is so right." Like, first of all, I'm a singer. My my brother's an mm-hmm. awesome guitar player, and like for me to be an artist or creative person. And to, you know, poo-poo someone else's mm-hmm. mass. Do you know how hard it is to keep a band together? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and someone to do that and not only do that, but have, you know, successful albums and be in their mm-hmm. writing music and stuff. So you're absolutely right. Why do mm-hmm. I need to, you know, put energy into saying they stink? I just say, you know what? It's not for me. If you like yeah. it, great. Yeah, and and in contrast, I liked Cindy Lauper because she hung out with Captain Lou Albano from WWF, and she showed up on WrestleMania. 
I don't remember which one it was. It was either WrestleMania 1 or WrestleMania 3, and she was hanging out with Hulk Hogan. And at that time, Lou Albano was her manager and Hulk Hogan's manager at the same time. And so, so that was that was my exposure to Cindy Lauper. Um, and like, talk about t- taking yourself just not so seriously and wanting to have fun and just do what you want to do. I really think she was great at that. Mm-hmm. Is and and regarding Nickelback, my Uh-oh. feeling on Nickelback <laughs> is once you've heard their you know hits, you've heard them on the radio or whatever. I don't have a problem with Nickelback. I don't have a problem with Chad Kroger. I was a bigger fan when they first came out than I am now. Only because it seems like they've put out a lot of albums that were the same thing over again. But again, that's whatever. Um, that's what they do. I, they do Suedo Southern Rock. And if you're not into that, then why waste your time on them? Like, or Pseudo Southern Rock. Because I say Pseudo because they sound like Southern Rock, but they're from Canada. <laughs> <laughs> Are they from Canada? I didn't realize. Yes, yes. <laughs> I know that because I'm from Canada too. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, just like uh, Theory of a Dead Man, which sounds very much like Nickelback, and the lead singer is actually related. Um, but the lead singer of Nickelback uses a, a stage name. That's why they don't have the same last name. This episode of Weird Wednesday is brought to you by. At Chadwick Glass Audio, I take pride in my ability to enhance your audio to the highest standards from poetry and music to dialogue and film. By using state-of-the-art technology and years of experience, I can make your projects stand above the rest. To contact by email, send requests to chadwickglassaudio at gmail.com. Chadwick Glass Audio. Hear better. Have your sales been dropping? Or do you just feel like your business needs a new look? Then do something about it and call Eon Wolf Designs or send a message. We will brand your business or give your business a new brand. We design flyers, business cards, logos, advertisements, and even web pages. For eye catching professional graphic design work, contact Eon Wolf Designs by phone at 315 956 2193. So if, if you don't like you know like southern rock then you and and some of the you know some of their songs are a little risque some of the lyrics and you either enjoy that and find it entertaining or humorous or you don't and if you don't that doesn't mean that they're horrible it just means that it's not for you and that's fine um that's another one of those phenomenons i don't understand the nickelback hatred (laughs) (laughs) well you know and it's gonna be a lot more pleasing to your soul to to be what you're for rather than mm-hmm. be you're against. I think uh, Mother Teresa, they said to her, you know, we're going to have a, a war protest or something. Would you, would you come to the war protest? She said, have a rally for peace and I'll be there. Mm-hmm. Like, but, but I'm not going to be, you know, against something, but let me have let a... Let me be for something. Let me be for something. And I really, that mm-hmm. resonated so deeply with me as a peacekeeper. I've always been the peacekeeper in my family, wanting to make sure everybody's okay and, you know, wanting everybody to feel good. And I was like, yes. Now, there are some people out there that are, you know, extra sensitive, very intuitive, that that are peace warriors, but they can have the edge to them mm-hmm. that says, I will not stand for this. And I think bless those people because those are the people that can go mm-hmm. into the factory farms 
and expose different things that I could never watch with my own eyes. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So bless those people that don't discount. Like what I used to do is I used to discount myself and say, oh, my God, why can't I be, you know, I connect so deeply with animals. Why can't I be, you know, protesting at the government and having all these rallies and saying you need to make better rules so that this doesn't happen? And for some reason, I could never feel good in that energy. But what I do is I spend time appreciating that there's others that can. Mm -hmm. So, so, so grateful for them. And then what I do is in my life, I try to keep a high vibration, a high energy. And I do believe, like I used to think this was Mm -hmm. total BS, that -hmm. there was like Buddhist monks somewhere praying for peace. And I thought, oh, well... (laughs) Like, mm-hmm. you're just going to sit in a cave and pray for me. Like, what's that do? But now mm-hmm. that I understand energy, vibration, I'm like, you know what? That's fantastic. Because when you sit, and if you've never done it, mm-hmm. you know, I'm talking to the listeners, but if you mm-hmm. have never done it where you sit and just kind of uncross your arms, uncross your legs so that you're creating, like, a nice energy circuit and allowing, like, an energy to flow through you and just start to say, you know, what does love feel like? And just start to feel it and just start to, like, make it bigger. And just when you think you're going to get up and run away, make it bigger. Just keep breathing it in, breathing in love, breathing in love. What does it look like? And what? And then, you know, you will feel so much better. And that actually, that energy that you created vibrates out from you. It just does. Mm-hmm. So I'm a believer in that now. I, I definitely believe we can have two groups of people, one that are just warriors out there speaking the truth, and then those that are meditating in private mm-hmm. <laughs> and still sending out good vibes. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, like I mean, that goes a lot to the point of, I, I forget how you worded it earlier, but um, to to not feed the negative and... Feed the positive or something like that. I know I'm 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 yeah, misquoting you there. Don't fear. Are you, are you going to fear your critic or feed your fans? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that too. So that's that's definitely a good uh, a good kind of note to think about for anyone who does creative work. Is you know exactly. Are you going to fear your critics or feed your fans? And I I can say from personal experience, feeding your fans is much more. Uh, just mentally stable <laughs> um, <laughs> um, when it comes down to it. It's much more rewarding too. Um, and yeah, just why, yeah. Why draw attention to the negative uh, and give it more power? Cause like you said, whatever it is, even if you're fighting against something, we've talked about this before. If you're trying to take something down, you're hating it, you're destroying it, you're publicly speaking, you know, against it. If you're, putting all of this anger and hatred towards it you're you're feeding it you're you're giving it energy and it can backfire on you yeah absolutely because like in that situation we talked about before where like say you and i are having that discussion and we're just like Mm -hmm. uh, you know we can feel that we're getting off on the negative energy Mm stuff and then you tell a story about how that girl sucks and i tell a story about (laughs) how that girl sucks and then like it's energetic and we're we're enjoy like there's a certain enjoyment that comes from relating to each other but you're putting something out there and Mm -hmm. the thing about that is you're it may not come back to you in the same exact way, like here's another pair of people talking about you that way. Mm-hmm. It doesn't always work that way, right? Mm-hmm. But it does work. 
It's, mm-hmm. It definitely works that there's a law of attraction out there that says like attracts like energy. You know, it's like mm-hmm. the magnets. And so if I put something um, with a dense energy out there, we'll call it dense, mm-hmm. uh, that a dense energy will collect and form mm-hmm. with me. It just will. And mm-hmm. so if I, if I start to say to people in my life, you know what, I'm so grateful, like for, for right now, this, this time that we spent together and the time we spent together the other day, Mike, mm-hmm. I am so grateful. We, You're so fun to talk to. I'm having, you know, if we don't agree on everything, it's like doesn't even matter because we're helping mm-hmm. each other be expansive in our minds. You're saying new ideas to me. I'm saying new ideas. And it's just like mm-hmm. this upbuilding for me joyful discussion that I walk away from. And I know that I feel better walking away. Mm-hmm. And so I'm really grateful. And I just I appreciate you. I appreciate what you're doing. I love that you're looking into paranormal and I love that you're making people more aware. and that, you know, So I could go on and on like this, mm-hmm. right? And it feels good to do that. Well, now what's going to happen is I'm putting that feel-good stuff out there, and more feel-good thoughts are just going to come to it. Mm-hmm. And more feel-good things are going to happen to it. So that's kind of what I... When I work with clients one-on-one, I get them... To, it's very easy for them to tell me what's wrong in their life. And that's, mm-hmm. that's okay, because we have to know what's wrong first, mm-hmm. so that we can know what you really do want. When you know what you don't want, you really know what you want. And mm-hmm. so, yeah. so first we get, and you can express what all the stuff going wrong, and then I say, okay, what do you want then? And, you know, they'll tell me, I want to feel this, I want to feel freedom, I want to feel love, I want to feel, you know... I want friends to laugh with. I want to laugh more. I want fun. You know, I want to feel healthy. I want to feel vibrant. Mm -hmm. I want to feel... And they'll say all these wonderful, positive things. And by the end of them going on a positive rampage, at the end, I'm like, how do you feel? They're like, that felt great. (laughs) It feels good to even just talk about how you want to feel. (laughs) Yeah, no, and I appreciate that sentiment. And and I appreciate the comments about, uh, you know feeling good after speaking to me definitely it's it's a mutual uh mutual uh experience i guess is what i'm trying to say um and so yeah no it's very very interesting and i think yes uh i like the point or i like the fact that you pointed out that i'm talking about new ideas you're talking about new ideas and that we may not agree on everything but that it's not a big deal it's not you know it's okay it's okay that we don't agree on everything um that's another thing I feel like we're we're kind of losing in public discourse is um, we're kind of segregating ourselves into separate groups. And if that person doesn't, you know, believe everything exactly the same that I do, you know, they're they're horrible, they're wrong, and we hate them. And again, you you see people devoting so much energy into being angry at someone for not agreeing with them on things that, when you really take a step back and look objectively, are often fairly trivial. Um, it's so true. It's because, you know, we have this, you know, talking about love again, mm-hmm. talking about not just loving yourself, but like putting that energy out to the world. We have conditional love sometimes. And we all want, when I talk to people that we, you know, and for myself, we, we all just want to be loved for who we are, loved and accepted. I mean, mm-hmm. going back to our parents, we wish they would have told us, honey, I don't care what you believe. I don't care what you end up doing with your life. 
I love and accept you as you are. You're perfect, beautiful, awesome as you are. Go be you. Like, we all wish someone would have told us that and, like, really meant it. <laughs> and so when you, when you know that, when you admit to yourself, yes, I just want to be loved and accepted for who I am, then A, go out and start doing it because mm-hmm. if you don't do it, you'll never feel loved and accepted for who you are because you're blocking yourself. But, but number two, go do that for other people. If you want it so mm-hmm. badly for you, go ahead and say, you know, you support this political candidate. That makes me sick. But, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, and, I, and like maybe, you know, making me sick is funny. But, yeah, um, yeah. but really what it is is like I don't understand how you see that, right? Mm-hmm. But guess what? It's not my job to approve mm-hmm. of your what, opinions approve yeah. of you yeah but or condone it i don't have to mm-hmm. condone it mm-hmm. but one thing i do is accept and love you unconditionally mm-hmm. and you know what it's very hard when it's someone that you know when you see hate crimes and stuff and you mm-hmm. and you but you hear stories all the time of people's you know who forgive like their children's murderers and stuff mm-hmm. and you're just like wow mm-hmm. and here i am you know, judging so-and-so for whatever it is that Mm -hmm. they did to me. And here you have examples of people who just, you know, I've experienced forgiveness in my life. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, not just forgiving other people, but I've had somebody forgive something pretty, Mm -hmm. you know, I wish I hadn't done, but, you know, Mm -hmm. regret, regret, you know, is never helpful. But Mm -hmm. (laughs) if I could I've been there too. Not proud, (laughs) let's just say that. Not proud. And that person, you know, it took 20 years later, but has now become a, a, a trusted person in my life. And I, mm-hmm. and I just am like floored by that forgiveness. That forgiveness mm-hmm. feels so good. And I feel like I just want to give that to everybody. Like, I love you no matter who you are. And mm-hmm. it, it's, it does get challenging, again, when you really see someone out there just like, wow, totally doing the opposite. But yeah, you, know, you can always try. Yeah, yeah, and that's the thing is is also doing your best to set an example without becoming overbearing or trying to convert them over to your way of thinking. I think is a, is a big thing. Like you, you can basically put the information out there for them, but you can't make them agree with you, and you have to be able to step away from that and say that's okay. That's not your job. Right. Yeah. It's it's so true. Mm-hmm. You know, and <clears throat> the, I know you want to talk about. I don't know if we touched on it, but um, with indigos often mm-hmm. being diagnosed with ADD. Oh yes, yeah. And things like that. You know, uh, again. Like, <laughs> Sorry, I forgot because oh, of no. my ADD. Ah, <laughs> 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 oh, you make me laugh. That's so funny. But that. <laughs> It's so true, though. It makes for a really fun conversation. Uh, but, yeah, that is one of those symptoms that, uh, again, folks come to me with. Now, for me, it wasn't that. And maybe it's because of the, the error, the era mm-hmm. that I grew up in. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, for me, I had a very quiet, uh, I was very ashamed, basically. I wouldn't mm-hmm. tell anybody that I was depressed. I wouldn't tell anybody that I had anxiety because mm-hmm. I thought that that was insanity. 
and I yeah. thought I was going insane. And I thought yeah. that I thought that that's really humiliating, and mm-hmm. I, I really couldn't tell anybody. Um, I definitely understand and relate to that. <laughs> yeah, I felt I couldn't, but what I think is really interesting is that some of these folks that are coming in, like with these really strong indigo tendencies, mm-hmm. they they can't go under the radar like I tried to do. They're really just like, I can't do this school thing, man. Like, <laughs> not doing it. Just not yeah. doing it. Whatever it is that's causing them to be looked at, you know, by someone that's diagnosing them with ADHD ADHD and other, you know, challenging things. Yeah. And, um, you know, I don't pretend to be an expert in all that, but I do know that that is a, a common thing because they're just not able to learn in the same, you know, the paradigm is shifting and if the, if the schools don't get a hold of it, and you know, there are alternate schools out there, like Waldorf schools and other schools mm-hmm. that that really do say, you know, we're not going to teach the way that the paradigm has been set for public school. Like, you yeah. go from this class to this class, and you behave, and you get tested, and everybody's tested the same. And, you know, it, it's hopefully that we'll see more of a shift in that, because more and more people are coming in, and just like, they can't play the game. They just mm-hmm. can't play that game. So yeah. we'll see what happens. Yeah, I remember once, uh, I think it, it was like grade 9 or 10, My I remember one morning my dad had asked me why I skipped school so much. <laughs> and I was like, because I don't care. This is all <laughs> bullshit. <laughs> and I'm not by any means suggesting anyone shouldn't get an education. It is important, but, um, you know, I was just – you also have to be true to yourself. And I learned as I got older, and again, that situation could have also partially been the arrogance of youth. Um, but, uh, you know, as I got older now, I will, I will be able to kind of get through those situations, but I, I don't let it kind of change my opinion of whether or not they're actually worthwhile. Um, does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like, if you look up, if and you can easily do a Google search mm-hmm. and um, look up, you know, indigo characteristics, and mm-hmm. one of them is that they have difficulty with absolute authority, like authority without explanation. Yeah. And that they have, um, they get frustrated with, situ- uh, like, um, systems that are ritually oriented and that mm-hmm. they're outdated and that don't mm-hmm. require creative thought. It's like, let me think here. Let me, and you see companies yeah. like Google having, um, you know, top playrooms now uh-huh. and like think because they are starting to go, oh, you know what? The people coming in, whether you call them millennials or whatever, they're uh-huh. coming in and they need their creative time. They, they can't be in this stressed mm-hmm. environment 24 seven like we used mm-hmm. to get. <laughs> like yeah. To. It's just, uh, it's, it's really neat. It's fascinating mm-hmm. to me, and I love nurturing the younger ones that are experiencing things like this because they're the ones that are going to shift the paradigms. Like, who came up with a 40-hour work week anyway? That was That's, not yeah. from the beginning of time. <laughs> that is fairly new in our society, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so who came up with that, and who came up with the school system and the way it's run mm-hmm. now? Like, 
there is plenty of room for change in all this. And those are the people that are going to do it. The people who say, ew, I can't do this. You know, but yes, there is a period of painfulness. And and I know you're on Simbi, and that's how I found you. Um, yeah. And Simbi's part of that, that paradigm mm-hmm. redo that I think is happening. And just an yeah. alternate way to, to spend money in. Or currency, yeah, I should say. Yeah, and it's just I, – I find the idea of a bartering system and taking the whole um, economic financial system as it stands out of the equation because I would rather deal one-on-one with you than have you know, uh, any of these you know, banks or financial institutions or organizations be the middleman. Right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, you know, and – it's, I mean, I think it's fairly, I'm not going to say known, but it's, it's a common belief that I don't think I'd be able to argue that, I mean, the financial system as it stands has not been working for the average person for a while uh, and is probably in a horrible need of some cleanup because I think there's a lot of corruption and I think uh, there's a lot of businesses making a lot of money uh, on the uh, misfortune of others. So if I, you know, if I can still work with people, communicate with people, but not, you know, be a part of that system or help support or prop that system up with my finances, then, then I'm, you know, I'm more apt to do that. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think it's wonderful. And it's, it's just, it's really exciting to see, to think about what, what's next, what's going to happen next. (laughs) Yeah, indeed. I don't want to take up too much more of your time because I don't know how much time you have and I don't want to run too long, but I do have a couple more questions that I really want to get out. I'm with you. Okay. Um, so when it comes to indigo children, is there a specific time period that is kind of considered the the period of of when indigo children uh, were more prevalent? And has that period ended or is it still ongoing? You know, if you were to Google that, yes, you would come up with that there's these indigo children, there's rainbow children, there's crystal children. And okay. if you were born between the period of 1975, which excludes me, I was born in 71. But okay. clearly, I identify with all of this. Yeah. I'm um, called to it, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, so they, they do, you know, put these constraints out there and then they say you know the crystal children are a little bit different and the rainbow children are a little bit different you know so that you can definitely google that from my perspective mike i feel like uh, to limit that again goes against what Mm -hmm. what and who i am as an indigo child child. like Mm -hmm. i don't want i I guess i have that rebellion in me that Mm -hmm. i don't want structure if i feel Mm -hmm. something I don't want to have to prove it. I feel it. I know it. Yeah. I know it for me. Mm-hmm. And, you know. Good enough. You know, and, and when someone is talking to you, you're like, good enough. Let's move on. Because, <laughs> yeah. you know, I get. Do you know what I like? Is that is that the kind of feeling you get sometimes? Yeah. I know because that's the way I am, too. I'm like, okay, we've established this. I'm already. <laughs> this yeah. is what I feel. Let's carry on. That's right. Um, it's it's yeah. documented facts now because I yeah. feel it. Yes. <laughs> um. Which, you know, I mean, 
I mean, people who want to pick things apart are going to say, oh, well, that's no way to go through life. You need to double check your facts and stuff. And of course, uh, you know, depending on the subject matter or the situation, you want to verify things, but uh, you don't want to, you know, educate yourself, do your research. But um, at the same time, when it's something trivial, why argue with someone about it? If You know, there's a lot of things that you can do based on feeling that you don't need to overanalyze. Um, so you were saying if you Google it, it's, it's, um, a certain time period. So you said officially it's from like 1975 to approximately when, do you know? Um, I didn't commit it to memory, but I think there's like a 20 year okay. span and then like the next group of children would have been, you know, so technically if someone was born today and had a little, had the extra scoop of intuition was already cued in, like born knowing that this is all yeah. BS, the way stuff is set up. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, that, that, you know, they're probably going to create another name for that. Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. So, yeah. so we're looking at like 75 to 95, but give or take five years on either end. Yeah. It's kind of the way I'm thinking is yeah. officially indigo. But again, um, like you said, you know, uh, the whole idea of having to put a label on it and segregate it and say, you know, this year is where the indigos end and the crystals or the rainbows start. Yeah. That seems like putting that kind of, as you said, like the 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 labels or the, the you know, the rules, so to speak, where you, f you know, naturally feel like rebelling against that. It's almost like that. That's um, that, um, counterintuitive. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> sorry, I just got I got distracted here for a second because someone else was trying to call me, but uh, don't worry about that. <laughs> anyway, ADD. Um, no, I'm just yeah, <laughs> yeah. But anyway, yeah. So it's one of those things that uh, you know. Well, uh, and you know, I love and accept the people that might be like, you know, I'm going to go Google that because I really need to see, you know, when the rainbow started and when the crystal started. Go ahead, Google the crap out of it and find yeah. out, you know, or get books on it. You know, uh, there's many books written on the whole phenomenon. Um, there's, there's, oh, there's a cool movie on YouTube. Um, I think it's called The Phenomenon Indigo Children. I loved it. I thought it was so cool. Um, and so that, that, you know, if you're wanting to learn more about it, check it out, do your own research, and above all, do what resonates with you. If you want to get into the time period and get into the labels and stuff like that, I, I'm totally cool with that because some people really do. Um, they are, I feel like those people who want dates and particulars and, and to, uh, and to explain scientifically things they're the ones that are going to be the translators for the people that are extreme uh on the science side or on the logic side yeah we, we need a medium between it's not gonna be me but we, yeah. need, <laughs> we, we need those people like i played the game so long of trying to be logical and reasonable yeah. that i'm so done like i'm just yeah. who i am you know it, you know what you see is what you get now but yeah. there are people that are really really um, good at that, and so go with it. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right, so we talked about when. Um, now, something to get a little bit more out of, you know, it, I hesitate to say weird or off the wall or whatever. Um, oh, good. <laughs> um, 
there are a lot of theories about indigo children, and I know that you don't particularly subscribe to labeling or defining or, or validating any of those, but um, I'm wondering if we could just briefly discuss some of them. Would, um, I wonder if you could enlighten us on some of the uh, theories people have about you know what what causes um, this phenomenon of people that are that are that were born in that time that are more empathic or just different in general. Yeah, yeah. This is this is a cool thing. All right. So <laughs> when as we move through time, uh, the like here's an example, uh, and then I'll and then I'll explain it. So like, okay. there are kids that come in, and they take to an iPad at like before they're even one year old. Yeah. Okay. Because the idea is that it's already like communicated in their well, I don't know if you want to call it DNA or whatever, mm. but their parents started to learn these things, and then mass consciousness as a whole started to learn these things and there's have you heard of the hundred hundredth monkey yes now i i have to admit i do recall i have read about it um and i from what i recall off the top of my head my understanding was that um you know you reach critical mass in any population for a new technology or a new skill and once a certain number of them, let's say the hundredth monkey, uh, learns how to use a tool like uh, an axe, then it becomes exponentially easier for all of the other monkeys to start learning how to use it, and they learn it much faster, and they're much more intuitive with it. Um, yeah. And is that even an accurate on, depiction? Yeah. Yeah. And even on other islands, like uh, mm-hmm. I think it was, I think it was something about the monkeys learning, uh, they were taught to wash potatoes or yes. something like that, and then... Strangely enough, monkeys on even other islands got it, and they started to do it. And so it's this strange thing, strange mystical thing out there that is mass consciousness. Yeah. And it's it's the idea that we are, you know, where you, where I end and you begin, mm-hmm. we think is separate. We think it's definitely separate. But if we're energetic beings, then, then there's no real end to where I, it's just like kind of almost. It's like we're all connected. Everything's like, connected, yeah. but it's just not obvious. Yeah. You know, people like to say, you know, energy doesn't, you know, and science, even science says, you know, energy doesn't just disappear. It, uh, it, it transfers, so to speak. Um, so if energy doesn't disappear and we're technically beings of energy and, and yeah, I can see how, um, that could be one of the theories that we're all connected. And so you've got that, as you said, the group mind where, uh, the more, the more people who are kind of attached to that group mind that have the same skill, the easier it is for everyone else to learn it. Yeah. Cause thoughts are energy. Mm. When we have a thought, it triggers an emotion and that creates an energy. Like, so we have this energy field that comes out from us. So if the thoughts are energy and mm-hmm. then you have new people born into each, each generation, they, they come in already knowing things from that their ancestors learned even, you know, hundreds of years ago, mm-hmm. because 
they're they're coming in with all that plus new. And mm-hmm. the way I love how Abraham Hicks talks about this. Um, they talk about asking, and when mm-hmm. and when a generation or when a person, let's just take it on a personal level, when you do asking, mm-hmm. the it calls in. Uh, it calls in an energy. And so yeah. when a generation does an asking, it's much even more powerful. And mm-hmm. so what's happening is, you know, perhaps like even the hippie generation, maybe they did some powerful asking and mm-hmm. powerful connecting. And then, you know, here you come with this next group of people that's just like, yeah, here's the answer to your asking. So yeah, it's a little crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and you know there are other theories too. There's some I've seen where um, you know there are people that believe that um, this extra sensitivity is somehow the result of like an extraterrestrial breeding program, some sort of hybridization or, or DNA. And I know we've we've discussed that before, but I was wondering if you'd explain to me uh, again just your response or your feeling on that, how you kind of respond to that idea. It's, it's so intriguing. So, I mean, I, at this point, I like to explore, I like to expand my mind on what could be happening. And then, and then I don't subscribe to any one thing because, Mm -hmm. uh, that feels like the dogma that I was raised in Mm -hmm. where it's like, this is the truth. This is the only truth. Everything else is lies, you know. So, mm-hmm. so what I do is I kind of, um, kind of just sit back and go, hmm. Let me hear about this and let me hear about that. So one of the things yeah. is that, yeah, that there's this ascension going on, um, where that you know, there it's the idea that we weren't always uh, e- even eating mm-hmm. food, that mm-hmm. we were breathing prana. Okay. Through, our, through our crown chakra. I mean, there's just all kinds of things when you start to um, look into books on ascension. And they talk okay. about the human blueprint changing. And, you know, these new soul, uh, these new, I shouldn't say new souls, uh, but these people that are coming in as, with this extra scoop of intuition and things, that they are going to usher in a new, a new age where things things can shift, where we can live in a higher dimension, because you know there's there's multiple dimensions out there. Mm. The the concept is, and Earth had started out as a 3D, but then as you raise the the frequency that everybody's mm. on, you can go even to higher dimensions mm. and. And it's interesting where some of these theories that people would think when they hear it, oh, this is just some crazy hooey or whatever, even uh, theoretical physicists and scientists are saying now that they believe there's 11 or 12 dimensions and uh, that we aren't able to perceive them, but they actually say, you know, like we, we think of, you know, three dimensions as length, width, and height, uh, and they believe that, you know, time and space are connected as either... Uh, the fourth and fifth dimension or one dimension together, but that they believe that there are a number of other dimensions that 
they are working on scientifically proving the existence of, even though we do not have the ability to perceive them outright. So, um, you know, when people talk about other dimensions and, and other beings on other dimensions, it doesn't necessarily boil down to, you know, hocus pocus or supernatural stuff, that there's actually a scientific theory behind it that may support it, and it's it's an emerging uh, science Absolutely. I find it really fascinating because, again, having been raised in a religion that said angels this, angels that, demons this, demons that, I had to walk away from all that stuff because I felt like I was in a puppet show. Oh, if I'm a good person, the angels will help me. But when something bad happened to me, I must have deserved it. And the demons were, you know, it was just like, (laughs) oh, my God. So I got away from it for like 10 years. I got away from all spirituality. And then it it gently entered my life again through um, the works of Louise Hay. When I started, Mm -hmm. actually, I started going, you know, what is intuition? I'm going to start to look into psychics and stuff that I Mm -hmm. wasn't allowed to, you know, it's it's taboo when you're in certain religions. And I started to research alternate healing. I started to research... um, intuition, psychic abilities, healing, and you know what? They were all saying the same thing, and it was so interesting to me. I mm-hmm. thought, well, how, how is this? They're all speaking the same language of energy and of other realms, and, you know, so this angel thing that I grew up with, and now you watch mm-hmm. certain shows that say, you know, these angels, uh, another mm-hmm. word for angel is messenger, <laughs> and, you know, these messengers could be, this, you know, "Quote unquote aliens from other dimensions," and it, mm-hmm. it's really fascinating. And mm-hmm. and to not have to subscribe to anything, to be open and available mm-hmm. to see, you know, I'm, I, I like that feeling. Yeah, well, it's definitely something that, like, because because when it comes down to it, uh, my my response is always, I could be wrong. I could <laughs> be wrong at any time about anything, and I I don't know, <laughs> and and it's okay. Not to know the answer, everything. I don't pretend to know, uh, you know, the answer to you know higher beings and and spirituality and maybe there is just the traditional God from the Bible and whatever. I'll I guess I'll figure that out if that's the case. But yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, and that's okay. And like you said, being open to all sorts of possibilities and being able to say I could be right I could be wrong but you know just living life as the best person that you can be and being true to yourself I think is really at least it's it's the way I handle things and you know how everybody handles things and I always say whatever you know makes you go lay your head on your pillow in peace at night is what's Mm -hmm. what's great I'm not here to disturb Mm -hmm. anybody's you know even if they have a traditional Mm -hmm. religious upbringing or Christian and it worked for them Mm -hmm. kudos you know it didn't work Mm -hmm. for me but one of the things that I like to believe that feels Mm -hmm. really really good to me is that because I know that my thoughts create my life my thoughts create my future and, my, mm-hmm. and, and what I believe about myself and what I believe about life comes mm-hmm. true for me. So if I believe, okay. that's my doggy. So <laughs> if I believe that life is hard and it's a struggle mm-hmm. and you have to work mm-hmm. really hard and you won't really get anywhere, then that's what life can give me. But if mm-hmm. I believe that, you know, my talents are in demand and I get to be myself and I get, you know, I can definitely find 
ways to um, thrive in this world, you know, financially, otherwise, too, mm -hmm. uh, then, then that's what life will, will give me. But taking that another level to, again, the angels, demons, and all that, I, you know, I have one client that came to me, she was raised in the religion that I was raised in, and she was mm -hmm. saying, I'm still afraid of demons. I said, do you want to be? No. Then don't mm -hmm. be. It's just, I mean, do you want to mm -hmm. believe? Does it feel good to you to believe that there's this population out there that is only evil, only out to get you? Like, does that mm -hmm. feel like something that, does that feel like something you supportive? Mm -hmm. Do you want to believe that? She said, no. All right, make up your mind. That doesn't exist for you, you know? Mm -hmm. And to me, you know... Again, I read all kinds of metaphysical books, and they talk about negative energies that attach themselves to you. I'm like, yeah, next page. <laughs> I just, yeah. I don't, I don't, I, it's not my reality, Mike. I don't yeah. want that to be my reality, yeah. so I choose it's not. Exactly. A lot of it's about uh, personal choice and choosing your path. Um, I wish we had a lot more time, uh, because I know <laughs> we fun. could probably keep going, uh, but... Uh, I am going to wrap this thing up for now, but I'm sure we will uh, talk again in the near future. Before we go, is there anything else you'd like to add, any websites you'd like to plug, or any information that you can offer listeners if they want to get a hold of you? Yeah, absolutely. My website is www.alissaohm.com, so it's A-L-Y-S-S-A, -S -S and then O-M.com, um, and... You can schedule time to talk on there. It's a, like free consult uh, time. And um, the other thing that I would add is I do have a virtual course coming up. I'm a certified Louise Hay teacher, so I teach her work. Um, so I'm very passionate about what it did for me. And um, so I have a virtual course that, you know, no matter where you are on the planet, you can, you can take that. Um, so you'll find that on my website as well. Very cool, and I will make sure that when we post uh, this episode of the podcast that we include that link as well to your website so that uh, people can find it easily if they uh, didn't catch the spelling or if they have trouble, I don't know, replaying a clip. Thanks, Mike. You're awesome. <laughs> <laughs> right. Thank you very much. It has been a pleasure. Thank you so much for being on the podcast this week. Thanks, Mike. Have a great uh, day. You too. Thank you.